0: Get the customer service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. And now a word from our sponsors at Betterment. If you're listening to my show, you're looking for tips on how to work smarter, not harder. And let's be real. You're already working hard to earn your money, but how do you make sure that your money is working hard for you? Here's how. With a Betterment automated investment and savings app, your money will go to work They've got technology that will provide you with advanced tools and they're built to help Performance is not guaranteed. Cash reserve offered through Betterment LLC and Betterment Securities. Betterment is not a bank. Welcome to the Jill on Money Show. It's Tuesday, June 7th, and we are here trying to answer your financial questions, help you make the next best financial decision that is in front of you. We don't really care what brought you to this place. We just want you to know that we can help you get to the next place. And your next place is yours. It's not about anyone else. So the way we can really help you is if you give us lots of details about your financial life by going to jillonmoney.com, clicking on the contact us button, and then joining us on the air. Because You know, even when you give us great detail in the, the form that you complete, Mark, we always ask a good follow-up question or two to figure out like a little bit more. So today we have Jen on the line and she is from Northern California. Hi, Jen. How are you? What brings you to our airwaves today?
1: Hi, I'm doing well, thank you. Um, what brings me to your airwaves is a question I had about um, my next best financial move, um, which potentially would be related to my long term plan for housing.
0: Okay, so um, long, what is the long-term plan for housing? house? Basically, you live in Northern California, so already I know that it's expensive where you live.
1: Exactly. I'm living in an a expensive reason, region to buy a, a house in. I'm currently renting. I really enjoy um, where I'm renting, and I kind of enjoy the renting lifestyle of not having a lot of maintenance and worrying about, you know— Fixing a bunch of things, I, I sort of am a happy renter. Yeah. Um, I, as I, you know, I'm now in my uh, later 40s and, and I'm looking ahead at the rest of my life and thinking, is that really a smart move? Because maybe I want the stability of knowing that housing is sort of sorted out for the rest of my life.
0: Well, okay, I, I get that. I mean, I get both sides of it because you know, if your rent is going up dramatically, sort of with the pace of inflation, you're not able to control that, or at least know that that what that number is compared with, say, a thirty year fixed rate mortgage. Right? It, it can be a little bit of a wrench in some of your future plans. What are you paying in rent right now, Jen?
1: Uh, like twenty two hundred dollars a month, which is oh. a pretty good deal for my area. Yeah, and I love the place I'm living in.
0: Oh my! And you like your landlord?
1: Yes, very much so.
0: Are you in a longer term rental agreement or do you go year by year?
1: No, it's it's very much a shorter term. Okay. And in fact, I think it's even month to month right now, which is a little bit insane to think about.
0: Do you think that the landlord would be amenable to signing a longer term lease?
1: That has not been offered. That would be a good question to ask. I, I think that that is, um, we're in a building here of about, uh, I don't know, 10 or 15 units. And I don't know that anyone has a, a, a long term. Really, I think we all very much like uh, the owner of the building and just don't know what the long term plans are.
0: All right. Um, well, so let's see. You said you're in your, your late 40s. Are you
1: single, partnered, married? Yeah, I'm I'm. Uh, I'm well, officially single, um, uh, dating for sure. I was in a 15-year relationship through most of my 20s and 30s, and uh, and that ended a few years ago. And I've been sort of an independent woman of the of the day since then.
0: I love this. By the way, Mark, did you notice that I'm officially single? That was a good qualifier. How much money do you earn as a professional,
1: including like some of the intangibles of the year, like the um, or oh, I guess they're very much tangible, but the uh, flexible income, like bonus and things like that, uh, somewhere between. $300,000 and 350,000 a year.
0: Wow. You got to be salting away some big bucks on that. Um are you putting money into a retirement account?
1: For sure, yeah.
0: Are you maxing it out?
1: Yes, absolutely.
0: So that's a for a traditional 401k?
1: Yeah, I have about 800,000 total across two 401k's.
0: Wow, that's good. Two 401ks, one from an old job, one from a current job. Exactly.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: 401k, pre-tax assets, 800000 How about other assets? What other accounts are out there?
1: Yeah, I have a couple of, well, I have about 450 k in a brokerage account. Um, okay. And then on top of that, about 70 k in uh, emergency savings, just in cash. Okay, great. This is like some serious moolah, girl. Yeah, I have a couple extra random things like a, a, an annuity that someone had convinced me to buy when I was in my 20s. And it's now has 61K in it. Um, I sort of ignore it, but it, it exists. I have about 16K in a Roth before I started making too much to contribute to it. And then a whole life insurance policy that has almost 200K in cash value. What? Why do you have a whole life policy? Yeah, that's a good question. Because in my 20s, I wasn't sure where life would send me. And it seemed like a. Thing so to do at the time with my extra savings as a way to diversify.
0: Listen, I didn't know where, this is what you could say, I didn't know where my life was saving me. So I'd go to death immediately and buy a life insurance policy. That's right. Um, but you have no dependents. There's no kids, no, right?
1: I have, I have no dependents. I, I have a niece and a nephew I adore very much and, and other family, but no, I have no dependents. Is the annuity
0: a non-qualified annuity? I believe so. Okay. All right. That's fine. The whole life policy has $200,000 of cash value in it, right? And you're not contributing to this anymore, right? I, I am. Don't. Don't, don't, don't. Do not put another dollar in there. Okay. Do you know what the death benefit is? Yeah. I think it's a million. There's two things to think about with this policy. Number one, you never needed life insurance, but I understand, you know, life insurance like this is sold, not purchased. It's not like you woke up one morning and said, oh, what should I do? I think I'll buy a, a whole life policy. Yes. The interesting thing would be to find out a couple of pieces of information from the insurance company. Number one, if I never put another dollar into this policy, when would the money run out? It probably would not run out. In other words, it, you would probably be carrying insurance for some period. It might be a reduced amount, but don't put any new money in. The next question is, what is the surrender value? How much money would I get if I blew this policy up today? If I just say, give me my money back, find out what the surrender value is. And then the other piece of information is, if I blew this out right now, what would my tax liability be? What amount of that cash value it would be considered taxable income? The reason you want to find that out is that although I would love you to get that $200,000 out of this policy, it is possible that some of that money is going to be taxable to you. Because a weird thing that no one ever tells you when you buy life insurance and they talk about the cash value is that if the money does grow as they promise it, it does, then the growth of that money is, and you when you take it out, it's ordinary income. Whatever is grown to above what you put in would be ordinary income. I mean, you could borrow the money out also, but it may not be worth it. You, the person who sold it to you is no longer in your life as an advisor, right?
1: that That's correct. I, you know it was it was someone that had um connected to given a seminar at like a company I worked for. and And you know, i had I've always been a saver. i I've not always been real confident in my ability to put money in anything but index funds. Yeah. So this seemed like a way to do something different um, at a time where I wasn't sure if in the future it would be valuable and I would get a less expensive rate in by purchasing it in my 20s. Yeah. I do agree it's not really serving me much. Today. Okay. All right. Got it.
0: Okay. So you have a whole bunch of money. You're in, you said you're in your late 40s. You're single. You continue to make money. And that's great. Is there any? Um, is there anything else in your financial life that we should know about, like other assets or other desires or goals that you might have?
1: Yeah. So probably two things. So on the asset side, I own a townhouse outright that I that's worth about two hundred k out of state that a relative is living in, mm-hmm. which could potentially turn into rental income someday, although currently isn't. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, I have a hobby that is. Um, somewhat of a of a passion project um in a in a sailboat that I uh, lovingly take care of.
0: oh and that's good at least it's not a horse no because <laughs> as even though boats are very expensive they are they don't eat so that's they just eat gas, I guess that's and, the only
1: and, thing. and and very little when they're sail powered so uh, uh, exactly exactly. Yeah. exactly. how much is the boat worth I, you know it's it's pretty much fully depreciated it has it has value in being sort of a a special thing that was made, you know, 40 years ago that, that some people value for its, um I got it. Design. But you're not selling so,
0: it anyway. Who cares? You no, know,
1: it's probably worth 40 K, maybe 30 something. All right. All right. And you
0: want to keep working forever. Do you love what you do? Where, what, what, tell us a little bit about I, that. I definitely
1: love what I do. Um, I, it would be fun to someday get to a place with uh, sailing where I could take some significant time off and spend a lot of time immersed in that hobby. But cool. for now, I think for the next, 10 years I expect to be working.
0: All right. So if you say you're in your late 40s, so if I somewhere like 55, 60 is... Yeah, 55 and, maybe. And look at you. Yeah, 55. See how I anchored that? If I had said 58 to 62, you would have said, yeah, 58. Yeah, you know? that's right. That's right. right. Exactly. Okay. So... Um, Tell me about the free cash flow. So how much you actually, what do you think you're saving and what do you think you're living on besides the renting part? And then we're going to talk about the housing. So, Yeah.
1: So I, you know, I, I, I'm kind of maniacal about budgeting, uh, at least keeping track. I wouldn't say budgeting in any sort of disciplined way, but, um, but keeping track of where the money goes. Okay. So if I ignore the whole life policy for the moment, I tend to spend about $7,500 a month Okay. on a variety of Housing, living, you know, uh, uh, hobbies, travel. Um, that's about what it it averages out to over the year. That's great.
0: Uh, I was gonna say, other than the four hundred one k, are you dumping money every month into that brokerage?
1: Yeah, I'm dumping money into the brokerage. I'm dumping money into. But that's
0: how much in the brokerage?
1: Well, uh, over the course of a year, maybe fifty k. So 50K plus the
0: 20,500 into your retirement account. So you, you're probably saving 70-ish a year is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, probably
1: so. And there's some employee stock purchase that kind of gets bought automatically that I sort of forget is my money Do until you, it is deposited in my uh,
0: brokerage. Is that happening automatically So, or is, that, is there some stock position that you have accumulated that we haven't accounted for?
1: Uh, It's happening automatically, so it's it's part of the overall brokerage picture today.
0: Okay, I got you. Okay, good. You're paying twenty two hundred dollars a month in rent. I love it. it, I know it's so good. What would it cost you to buy something that you'd really want to live in?
1: Yeah, it's tricky. You know, I actually during the pandemic looked a little bit because you know I kind of had this question on my mind. And I, I think the real question I have on my mind is how stupid am I for not buying a house? Because not
0: stupid, not stupid.
1: The, the, the real—I mean—I think the right answer would have been that 24 years ago, when I moved to California, I should have bought a house that day. Oh yeah, um, like in 24
0: in 24 years ago, we should have all bought Amazon. So let's like let's move I, on. I,
1: and I wasn't in any position to um, to do that at the time, so. Uh, I, you know, I went looking last year at, at things between, I don't know, 800
0: and $1.2. So wait a second. In order to buy something, you'd have to spend at least a million dollars.
1: Yes, I think so.
0: Okay. And so we'd have to find two hundred grand to put down.
1: Hello, whole life policy.
0: Exactly. I mean, it just so happens you have $200,000 that's tied up in that whole life policy. You could, right. you could blow out that policy. You have an $800,000 mortgage. Um, Mark. What's an $800,000 mortgage at 5% 30 a year? I did this. I did this about 10 minutes ago because I knew where it was going. Uh, it's about like, I mean, she could totally afford it. $3,700. Okay. So it's $3,700 a month. That would just be your principal and in interest. Now, the thing is though, you know, then you own a place. I know. And then the roof's going to leak. But you're in a city. What if you got like a one-bed condo or something?
1: Yeah, I don't know though. Is that really... I'm afraid of the condo market, I think. I
0: wouldn't be afraid of it. I would be more... uh, Here's what I would say. If you love renting, then keep renting and then do exactly what you're doing, which is sock away a ton of money. And I bet even with a rent increase that is... I mean, we're at a high inflation rate right now. As long as you're willing to run... You you have to assume a risk when as a renter. One is that like, hey, um, my rent goes up a lot. Like, but really, even if your rent went up from, if your landlord said to you today, hey, you know what, uh, I'm going to twenty five hundred a month, suck it, and you'd be like, okay. And that'd be fine, right? And so the question is, you know, what's my runtime to get from 2200 to $3,700, right? That, that, that's a lot. That would be a huge increase. I don't know if that's something that's in the future or not. And the $3,700 a month for principal and interest does not include, as you said, wisely pointed out, maintenance, but also doesn't include property taxes, does not include your insurance, and it robs you of your flexibility. Yes. Now, you can afford it. So this is what I'm going to tell you. If you fall in love with something, like even if like you said, like a friend of mine is selling a house or maybe a condo or something or a great place and I just fell in love with it, you know, it's close to my boat. It's going to cost me a million bucks. What I would probably do is once I've learned about the details of this whole life policy, my first idea would be to blow out of the the whole life policy Pay whatever the cost is of that. Take whatever you need out of the brokerage account to get your down payment and buy the place that you love. But unless you love it, I would not do it because it is going to be a heck of a lot of work for someone who likes and values her flexibility. And it's not dumb. I'll tell you when the numbers sound dumb. It's like if you said, I'm paying $5,000 a month for rent, and it would cost me a million dollars to buy the place that I want. That's kind of like, well, then it makes more sense to buy something. But even then, I'm not even that excited about buying for you because you kinda, you've already told us you know yourself. You don't really want that. So don't feel dumb about it. You know it would be dumb is if you said, oh, I spend all this money and I don't save anything. You're saving a ton of money. You know, you're saving your 20 or 25 percent a year of your gross. That's a good chunk of money you're saving.
1: I think you're in really good shape. Okay, good. I'll keep renting, I think, for now until I fall in love with something. Fall in love with
0: something and and get us the details about that whole life policy. Like the surrender value and what would the tax event be if you were to blow out? I would also have a conversation with your landlord, just see what her her plan is for the future. Does she plan on keeping this building for the foreseeable future? You know,
1: just find that stuff out.
0: Yeah. And it would be great if you could, I mean, really would be so awesome to be able to lock something in. Even if you went to, the. I mean, I don't know how good a relationship you have, but if you went and you said, you know what? I love this place so much. And I just had this whole conversation about, you know, what I want to do with myself and I'm willing to sign a longer lease and build in and you can build in some rent increases into that longer lease. Because if you knew that you had three years, like if you had to sign a lease right now and says three years and it goes from $2,200 a month to 2400 to twenty six to $2,800, you would be in great shape. Still, it's it's still a better deal for you.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. It's it's the uncertainty of this market that is so crazy, both on the rental side and then also, you know, on the I mean, on the housing price side. And everyone felt like a genius last year investing in, you know, brokerage accounts. That went up and up and up for years, but now that I think the market's taking a bit of a hit, it, yeah. it really makes me question the amount of my portfolio. That yeah,
0: I have. you're going to be great. You're going to be great. You know why? Because it doesn't sound like you're, like you're futzing around with it. You're going to. You're a long-term investor. You don't need this money for ten years, right? Especially the brokerage account money. I don't want you to freak about that. You're, you're going to be. I think that you know. My guess is that you're in some sort of tech-ish business, right? Am I get? Am I right? That's Ish? right. Okay. Mm -hmm. Like you've seen ups and downs in the business, right? You know, when you've been in an industry for 20 some years and you've seen people go nuts over the value of their stock options to like, oh wow, they're worthless. Or like, oh, I got into the IPO and I never sold a share. I kind of knew that you were in the business because you were like, no, it happens automatically. It's like, you don't wait around for something to always go up because you've been around long enough to see that it goes down. And this is, we're in a cycle, we're in a down cycle now. Be smart, and if you don't really need the money anytime soon, then I would be very, very sure that you are on the right track. And get me the information about the the life insurance policy. We can make some better decisions about that as well. Okay. Okay. And then uh, one last thing: just you're you are single, I know, but um, how about estate documents?
1: Yeah, I have a trust. You do? I will? Yeah.
0: And you have a healthcare proxy in case your boat overturns in choppy water? Yeah, yeah she's got a,
1: a six thousand pound keel, so that's not going to happen, but I do have um a living uh a healthcare trust. A healthcare um, proxy. A healthcare you trust. know she yes. she
0: just used those words that I had no idea what she was talking about. She goes, it has a six thousand pound keel. What does that mean, Mark? Don't ask me. It sounds heavy. I think that's it. I have to take away. It sounds very heavy. Two New Yorkers here. <laughs> Yeah. We're like, well, I mean, people sail on the Hudson. I I always find it a little gross because if God forbid you did slide off that boat, it's kind of nasty in there. You'd suck up a diaper. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Jen in Northern California, a renter for at least the foreseeable future. We thank you so much for joining us and good luck to you. Okay. Thank you. All right, if you want to know whether renting is the dumb decision or the smart one, I think it's smart a lot of times, I really do, Um, give us a holler, go to jillonmoney.com, click the contact us button, let us know if you'd be willing to come on the air, don't forget to check out all the great content on the website, we've got another podcast, we've got a radio show, we've got a blog, we've got uh, clips of my most recent TV appearances, resources all there on the jillonmoney.com website, all right, very good please leave us a rating and review on Apple and put your hands metaphorically on someone's back. Grit, growth, grace. Thank you for listening and we'll talk to you tomorrow.